This anointed teaching by Apostle David Muluzi is brought to you by God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church. We hope you have an encounter with God as you listen to this message. The Word of God. Amen. I want us to open our Bibles. We turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to read from verse 1. Now, we have been covering uh, the messages on this book, The New Testament Believer. And so today we are uh, dealing, we are working on chapter 3 which is page 45 yeah, that's where we are focusing the teaching on so the books are available at the back uh, at a price I think it's 150 the celebration time and it will be a blessing to you hallelujah Amen. now 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 the Bible says now I would remind you brothers of the gospel I preached to you which you received in which you stand Apostle Paul says, I want to remind you, brethren, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. I trust that everybody is of the pots and everybody is in here. Uh, so let's make sure that everybody is coming here because this is important. Hallelujah. So Apostle Paul says this. I want to remind you, brothers, uh, brethren, of the gospel I preach to you. He says that I preach to you the gospel and you received it. And he says in which you stand. You are standing on this gospel. You are on this gospel. Hallelujah. Now, Apostle Paul says this I would like to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you which you received in which you stand. He says you are standing on this gospel. Now what is important is this that we must be able to know, we must know the gospel that we are standing on. If you don't know the gospel that you are standing on, you know, you are not guaranteed of the success in your life. You know, because you have to know the gospel that you are standing on. You know, 
If we don't know the gospel we are standing on, we might be standing on a faulty ground. And when we are standing on a faulty ground, you know, when the wind and the storms come, they, we will be taken away because we don't have anything that we are standing on. Now, Apostle Paul here Ma, says that I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to understand here what Paul is saying. He's saying, I preach the gospel to you. You receive the gospel and you are standing on that gospel. And he says, and by which you are being saved. So, this gospel is the gospel that saves us. It's the gospel that transforms us. It's the gospel that changes our lives. You see, like people were testifying here, they are testifying of how the gospel changed their lives. It is not a matter of just attending church but it's a matter of a transformation that happens in our lives and so Paul says this he says that the gospel that I preach to you is the gospel that you are standing on and is the gospel that you that saved your life. And he says this, that is so much important. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. He says this gospel will work for you. When you hold fast to it, you are holding on to it. You are gripping this gospel and you are holding on to it. He says here that it will help you. You would not have been saved in vain. Now, what is it, this gospel that, uh, 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 that, 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 you know, that helps us. The gospel that saves us. Now he says this in verse 3. He says, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Apostle Paul says this. I receive this gospel and the gospel that I receive is the gospel that I deliver to you as of first importance. In other words, this gospel that I deliver to you, that I preach to you, I deliver to you as something that is valuable, something that is important. And now, he didn't say that I deliver to you a different gospel from the one that I received. 
says that the very same gospel that I received the same gospel that I delivered to you. Now when I receive the gospel I should not preach to you a different gospel. The same gospel that saved my life that changed me that made me a new person that delivered me from my sins that delivered me from my difficulties is the same gospel that we must pass on to other people. You know, we have what we call skim milk. Eh? Or low fat. You know, what they do is that they take the milk right from the cow. The milk that is fresh. The milk that is full of cream. And they take that milk, you know, and they separate the, the, the you know, uh, the cream. You know, they remove it. So by the time you get it, it is taking some things. Now, some people are doing that with the gospel. The gospel that they have received as a full cream, that is, that is full of all the cream, the necessities, and the ingredients that are important. When they pass it on to other people, you know, they are removing some ingredients that, oh, no, you know, you should be, you know, a, a, a modern Christian. And this, this we are not doing. This we are not doing. This we do it slowly. This we do it. You know, that become a skim milk gospel. You know, uh, the the milk that has been reduced of some ingredients. You see, when God created milk, right in the cow, inside the cow, God knew that all these ingredients are important. That they are all necessary. That they are helpful to all of you. And so, and when we take that milk you know and we apply that milk we are getting all the ingredients that God said that they are important now I've been told uh, maybe people in a medical fraternity will help me here but I have been told that a child who is breastfeeding who is uh, feeding from the breast of the mother is much healthier you know more stronger you know uh, and, and uh, most wise, most wise also than a child who depends upon the formula. Yeah. Yeah. That when, you know, you know now today's uh, uh, parents and mothers, they say we are modern. I don't have to breastfeed my child. You know, I some regular formula, and they buy all the formula. That child 
become stunted right in his or her infancy. You know, does not develop well. Because a formula, you know, cannot be wiser than God. Are you hearing me? They cannot be wiser than God. God knows what uh, we need. And that is why a child who is uh, breastfed, you know, will be much stronger, will be wiser, will be greater than a child who just receives a formula. Now, if that it is so in the natural, what about the spiritual? Let me tell you the word of God that is in the Bible. We don't have to create a formula out of it. We need to breastfeed the word of God. God is giving it out. We should never change the word of God. It does not matter whether it's in the township or it's in town or it is in the village. It will produce the same results. If it can prosper a person in town, it is the same word that even in the village, that word will prosper the person. It works. Everywhere. It works. So that is why Apostle Paul says this. That I preach to you the gospel that I also received. The same gospel that I received. It's the gospel that I preach to you. And so we need to remain steadfast, steadfast and remain standing on the gospel that Paul and Peter and all our apostles received. It made them strong then It will make us strong today Are you hearing me? And so we should never ever Posturize the word of God Yeah we don't minimize the word of God. You know, but we apply it as it is. You know, when he says this is sin, there is no argument about it. There is no justification about it. That is sin. And we should avoid it. If it says that you need to love your enemies, we need to love our enemies. Whether we feel like it or not, it is the word of God. We need to do it. We don't minimize the word of God. So Paul says this. He says, eh, this is the word. You know, I preach to you as of first importance. What I also received. Now when you look into your Bible, you will see that after the word received, there is a column. Yeah. Now column means that here are the points that explains 
what the gospel is all about. And so he says this. You know, the first thing that we see here is that that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He says this is important. You know, that the first thing that you need to understand is that Christ died for our sins. You know, as a in accordance with the scriptures. And number two, he says that he was buried. You know, and number three, that he was raised from the th uh, uh, he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He says that this is what is important. This is what we need to take. This is what we need to receive. You know that the gospel, the core thing about the gospel is that he died for our sins. He was buried and on the third day he rose again. Now this is what is critical in our lives. So anything that we preach that is not drawing us to this central message of the crucifixion of Jesus and him being buried and on the dead, third day rising from the dead anything that is not drawing us to that it is it is not of importance it is not important. I would talk. Yeah. And so that is why the two things that he left us with. You know, which is baptism and holy communion. Both of them are drawing us to this that we are talking about. That when you are baptized, you are identifying with the death. And resurrection of Jesus. That is what you are doing. You know, you are identifying yourself to what is critical in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we receive Holy Communion, we are identifying ourselves with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That His blood was shed for us. That is important. Yeah. And so we need to understand you know that uh, the gospel you know it's hanging on this truth on this. This is like a hinge you know, where everything is hanging on. And this is what will give us power. Now Paul says that I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. You want the power of God? The gospel is the power of God. The full cream of the gospel is the power of God. Hallelujah. Now we have been uh, studying uh, that 
There, there is the Old Testament, Testament and Christ. there is also the New Testament. Now, what we need to understand is that the changeover from Old Testament to New Testament it is at the cross. And when we say the cross we are talking about what we have just read here. The death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a tripart event. You know that this thing is coming together. You know that what has happened here, the death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus, it is what is changing us from uh, Old Testament to New Testament. So what we understand is this. That when Jesus was born, he was born under the Old Testament. And he fulfilled the Old Testament law. You know, everything that uh, was required under the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled it to the fullest. You know, but what we see is this that after he has died and he was buried and he rose from the dead, you know, that signaled the end of the Old Testament. And that brought in now, ushered in the New Testament. Now that is why the Bible tells us He tells his disciples He says that there are many things That I want to talk to you about But you cannot receive them now You know because I am not yet glorified You know because there has not been as yet The death, burial and resurrection you know, but after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, then things changed. You know, that now we are living under the new Testament. There is a scripture that he talks about. You know, uh, uh, about that they will receive the, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon them. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Now, uh, we saw on page 47 you know, the first paragraph talking about the Jesus death, burial and resurrection brought the Mosaic covenant to an end. You know, and so that's where it happened. Now, when Jesus rose from the dead, he brought in a new era. You know, a new dispensation. Now, uh, our redemption, uh, our redemption, it happened at the death burial and resurrection of Jesus. 
Now I want us to go to John chapter 14 verse 17 You know we are on page 49 now John chapter 14 verse 17 you know, Jesus says important words here. He says, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him, nor knows, uh, knows him. He says, but you know, you know who? You know the Holy Spirit. For he dwells with you. Can you see it? He says he dwells with you and will be in you. Now he was speaking to his disciples. So he's saying this as I am talking to you. He is not in you. He is with you. You know, but the time will come when he will be in you. So we explain that that the Holy Spirit was with the disciples because the Holy Spirit was in Jesus and Jesus was with them. Amen. You know, but the time will come whereby they, now the Holy Spirit will be in them. And what happened? It happened when he rose from the dead and the Bible tells us he went to his disciples and the Bible says he breathed unto them and he said receive you the Holy Spirit and so they received the Holy Spirit so at that time the, the Holy Spirit entered into their lives but that is after he had died from the dead from the cross so the cross that is death, burial and resurrection of Jesus is a spiritual fulfillment of the Old Testament physical requirements of the Passover feast. You know that in the Old Testament they were required to go and, and go into and celebrate the feast of Israel. There are six feasts that we are talking about. You know, the first three are grouped together. Then there is a Passover which is in the middle. You know, and the last two are also grouped together. Now, those are the feasts. Now, those feasts were fulfilled by Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us, God says to the children of Israel, that three times every year, you shall appear before me. So that was between... Uh, the first uh, 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 three feasts because they were all happening in one week and then during the time of the Passover and also the last one uh, during the time of the 
the last two uh, feasts. You know, so we have the Passover uh, feast and the unleavened bread feast and the first fruit uh, uh, feast. You know, then we have the uh, the feast of Pentecost. Then we have the feast of the trumpets and the day of atonement and the feast of the tabernacle. So Jesus fulfilled this feast. So we see here that they were, filled, they were fulfilled by Jesus. Now when Jesus fulfilled them, it means now we don't have to fulfill them because Jesus has fulfilled them. Are you with me? So rather, let me put it this way. We are fulfilling them by being in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are you following me? And so we see here that now what happened at the cross it was like we said last week a change over switch we are changing over from the old testament into the new testament what happened at the cross it's a change over and so since it's a change over there are some things in the old testament that when they got into the cross they entered there they never continued into the New Testament there are other things from the Old Testament when they came to the cross the cross is a filter they went through the filter and we are seeing them in the New Testament and there are also other things when they got into the cross they changed even when they continued in the New Testament they continued differently they have changed because the cross has changed them Hallelujah. Amen. Let me give you an example. You see, like praise and worship. We don't read a lot about praise and worship in the New Testament. You know, but we see a lot about the trumpets, about the cymbals, you know, about the seven string instrument, about all of that in the Old Testament. And so when they came to the cross, you know, they went through the cross. And they are not changing in the New Testament. So that is why God did not have to explain because they have not changed. Amen. You know, but there are some things that when they got into the cross, they stopped. They never went the other side of the cross. You see, like the animal sacrifice, you know, they ended 
With Jesus dying at the cross. After Jesus died at the cross. We no longer see disciples. Now killing animals. And going and sacrifice animals. It is no longer necessary. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled that. That they were doing in the Old Testament. So the animal sacrifice. Have ended at the cross. So to Today as a Christian, I no longer need to go and sacrifice anything. It is no longer necessary. The blood of animals, the blood of anything are no longer necessary. Are you with me? So that is why a New Testament believer no, no longer sacrifice animals. You no longer kill a chicken and pour his blood out thinking that you are worshipping God. It is not required. We are no longer killing the, uh, the, the goats or the sheep in a way of worshipping God. You know, I heard somebody say that, oh, but it is there in the Bible. You know, where are you uh, stopping me from sacrificing? It is there in the Bible. Yes, it is there in the Bible. But it's in the Old Testament. And it, it ended at Jesus dying at the cross. It is no longer necessary for me, a New Testament believer, to do all of that. Are you with me? So that is what we see. You know, so I've uh, written here a couple things. I talked about the mosaic, uh, uh, the mosaic law. Or rather, the animal sacrifice that is no longer necessary. You know, now we see the mosaic law uh, that the law that God gave Moses that that law it's no longer necessary uh, for us today. But Jesus gave us a law. He said that one law I give it to you that you shall love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your strength, with everything that you have. And he says that the second is also important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now Jesus was taking all the law and was bringing that in the law of love. So this is how I love the Lord. You know, not by keeping the Old Testament law, you know, but by keeping the New Testament law. By working in love, love to God, and love to my neighbor. When the Old Testament said that when, uh, uh, the law says you shall not kill. You know, now in the New Testament, Testament says that I should love. You see, when I love, I won't kill you. When I love, I won't defraud you. When I love, I won't have any other gods because I love God and Him alone. You see, all of that is fulfilled in the law of love. So, 
the law changed. Now is the law of love. Another thing is circumcision. You know, we were circumcised in the body, in the flesh. You know, but since Christ died, like I wrote here on page 59, God made it possible for human hearts to be born again by the Holy Spirit. So circumcision is no longer of the flesh, but it is of the heart. We are circumcised in the heart. Hallelujah. Now the, the another thing is the temple or the tabernacle that in the in the old testament a physical place you know it's what was important in worshiping God you know and, and the Holy Spirit dwelt in the physical temple you know, but in the New Testament he does not dwell in the temple but he dwells in the heart the heart of people are you hearing me did I mention that nobody should be moving about everybody should be here did I hear myself mentioning that? Yes. Okay. Oh, well. I thought that I didn't say it because I see people moving about during the wait. So we come now to the priesthood. You know that, uh, you know, the priest, you know, where, where God said that Aaron and his sons will be priests. Now that they will be priests. And they had physical garments to wear. You know, and if you were not born in that lineage, you, you could not be a priest in the Old Testament. But now we come into the New Testament. You see, that priesthood according to Aaron had ended. But now in the New Testament, it's a priesthood after the order of Jesus Christ. So it's a priesthood of all believers. Are you with me? That's what we see in the word of God. And so the priesthood changed. You know, uh, where I talked about the feast. You know that the feast are no longer necessary. Because now Jesus has come. And now we have the Sabbath. In the Old Testament, they were to worship God on Saturday. On the Sabbath. You know, but in the New Testament, it is no longer on which this is the day that you are to worship. But now it's about you can worship God any other day. In actual fact, every other day. Amen. You know, then we have the holy water. That there was holy water. You know, that God said that. Uh, People need to take holy water. You know, and wash with uh, the holy water. You know, they would sprinkle it, especially when there was 
a woman was uh, the wife was not faithful to the husband and so one of the one of the things that they would uh, uh, use was holy water now it was holy because it was taken from the lava the the place where priesthood was before they enter into the tabernacle you know, and so god calls it holy water now in the new testament we no longer have holy water amen but the only water that the Bible talks about it is the word of God that is what is able to wash our sins that is able to wash our lives it is the word of God so there is no physical holy water you know that can do anything but the word of God it is what will change our lives you know then we come to the manna the Bible says that uh, the children of Israel received manna. You know, but Jesus explains this. He says in John chapter 6, I am the bread of heaven. So they were eating a physical manna, but Jesus comes in and says, I am a spiritual manna. He says, he who eats of me will never be hungry again. And so today, we are partaking of Jesus Christ and not any other thing. And so these are the things that have changed in the filter of the cross. So today as Christians we live our lives on this side of the cross you know not on that side of the cross but on this side of the cross what has changed that's what controls our lives that's what gives us victory you see uh, what they were doing here before the cross was what was uh, you know it, it was of the flesh you know but what is in here it's a new it's of the spirit you know, so it was of the flesh you know now it is of the, the spirit so when I am holding on to the things of the flesh I am living my life according to the Old Testament and the flesh does not profit anything that is why there is no power there is no life you know in the flesh you know but when we come into the spirit there is life in the spirit the power of God is working the grace of God is working so that is why as a believer we need to make sure that we focus on what is of the spirit 
So that is why Apostle Paul says this. That I preach to you what is of first importance. You know, everything that comes after the cross. That's how we are to live our lives. You know, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and he said to him, We can see that you are doing these miracles. He says there is no man who can do these things except God is with him. And Jesus said to him, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You see, this is what is happening in the spirit. You know, it is the issue of changing from within. It is not the outside things. But it is the inside thing. Being born again. Being changed from within. Being transformed from within. You know that a life is happening in the inside. That is what is happening. Now Jesus said this. And I close. In John chapter uh, 7. You know, he says these powerful words. You know, about the Holy Spirit. Are you getting the word of God? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 7. <laughs> Verse 37. He says, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He says, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, this he said about the Spirit whom those who believe in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Yet glorified. Are you seeing this? You know, the cross had not yet happened. So that is why they could not receive the Holy Spirit inside of them. You know, but after Jesus rose from the dead, they could now receive the Holy Spirit in their hearts. And now when we live our lives, we live our lives according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Not according to the set of laws, but according to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So the gospel that we preach is the gospel that transforms lives. If it cannot change your life, then you need to check did I receive the right gospel? Because this gospel, when we receive it, it will change our lives. It will transform your life. You will be a new person. You will be 
transform from the inside. The old will pass away and the new shall come unto your life. People of Harawele, all other villages, never look at yourself and say, I am in a village. Things are not happening here. Let me tell you, the gospel of Jesus Christ will transform your life even in the village, even where you are, where it is not regarded as an important person. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ will transform you even in that place. Because this is the gospel of power that we have received. Never neglect this gospel that we have received. It is the gospel of power that will transform our lives. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that the gospel that you have given us it's a gospel that changes lives. It's a gospel that transforms our lives. Father, we pray that God, this gospel will continue to work in us, in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us during this episode. Join us next time, even as we continue to learn and grow with Apostle David Muluzi. Also, visit our website for more at cfcpolokwane.com. God richly bless you.